So we, we pick right back up with this conversation Jesus is having uh, with his disciples. And at this point in John chapter 6, it's not just his 12, it's, it's a larger group of disciples. And so it's a large group. And last week we talked about how God is all about God, that, that God is for his own glory. He is not out to glorify you and all of your strengths, but he's actually out to glorify himself. He is all about himself and that this is actually the best possible thing for us. Because what it shows us is that life does not have to be about us. And, and this is great relief. We talked about it last week. We, we kind of went into like, you know, how our tendency is to make life about ourselves and control everything around us and, and just get life as safe as possible and get life to be about us and people to serve us and timetables to serve us. And we just said, how, how's that working out? Is that working out pretty well? Of course, it's not working out. It doesn't work that way. And, and, and trying to be the center of the world and trying to be the center of your own world actually is a, a crushing burden that you can't handle. And that God being the center actually relieves us. And it's a freedom few people know. But as we begin to understand our belonging to God, uh, we recognize this freedom. We talked about that last week. So moving into this week, uh, same conversation. Jesus is still talking, actually. We jump in at John chapter 6. We're going to jump in at verse 48, which is not in your bulletin. Forgive us for that. Sort of added this uh, later into the week after we went to print. So just kind of listen as I read 48 through 51. Jesus saying to this larger group of disciples, I'm the bread of life. Your ancestors, so he's talking to some Jewish people, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness Yet they died. And so he's kind of referring to like this way of life that th- these, these people were living, a, a way of what, what would be called the law, a way of living up to a standard of righteousness as to be approved by God. That's not working out. It doesn't work. And he's saying it doesn't work. It's broken. They died. They ate that manna, that way of life. They died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This, this bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So if, if you're looking for life, he's saying, I'm, I'm it. Right standing with God, I'm, I'm the right standing with God. So security of your identity, I'm, I'm, I'm security of your identity. Security of your soul and eternity, I am that. He's saying, I am the source of nourishment for your inner life, and I satisfy. And then he jumps into verse 52. Then the Jews begin to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And I love this because um, it, it's almost like an artist talking to a mathematician. They're just not lining up. I mean, Jesus is talking sort of like metaphorical, and, and the disciples are they're being super, super literal, and they can't, they don't get it. I, you know, he's saying he's bread of life, and we've got to eat him. And, and they're going, how, how could this, it doesn't even make any sense. How could we eat his flesh? It doesn't make any sense. And they're thinking, this is barbaric, and they're kind of, they're, they're grumbling with this. They're struggling with allegorical language. They just can't get there. And so then Jesus, in verses 53 through 58, he gets the language even more uh, 
it's just really strange. And, and he goes in in verse 53 through 58, you read it later, and he starts talking about that his, his body is the flesh, and you need to eat his body, and you need to drink his blood. And, and, and you can just tell these, this, this group would just be almost put off by this and not understanding. And, and Jesus is just pushing into that metaphor. He's pushing into that kind of language. And their literal minds, they just, they're not getting it. And for Jesus, what he's doing is a very graphic intense way of making his point. And his point is, is you have to take me into the innermost part of your body, the innermost part of your soul and your being. So uh, eight years ago, we moved to Grant Park and we bought a 1930s two bedroom, one bath dump. At the time, we didn't know it was a dump. I don't think we thought it was a dump. It was an absolute wreck. But it was ours, right? And we were young, and we had no kids, and we were going to renovate this house. And so we move into this dump, and it's, it's a broke, it was a broken-down house. I mean, we had foundation problems. I, I mean, the first shower I took in that clawfoot tub, I mean, water is just, it, 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 we, didn't, we didn't have shower curtains around the clawfoot tub. Water's going straight down into the basement. I mean, the porch is kind of leaning off to the side. Just a, a rough, rough house. But we are so excited to move into this place and to very slowly, day by day, month by month, project by project, bring this house back to life. So one day I'm outside and there were just like holes in the house. There'd just be random holes in the house. And so I am on a ladder on the, right underneath the front eave and there's a hole, which I think is probably for ventilation for the attic, but there's no screen or anything. It's just a hole. So squirrels, you know, birds, whatever, free access. So I'm up there. This is like week one with this house. I'm, I'm getting mesh screen up there. Let's, let's seal this, this house off. And I, and I have this thought, uh, what if I just, just unloaded a can of roach spray into this hole before I put the screen up? And so I, I go back inside and I get the roach spray and I climb back up the ladder and I just, I unload. I just, just pouring it in there. It was probably 30 seconds and the, the first little fella came out. And then, and, then, and then all his cousins, the neighbors and, and second cousins, third cousins. And I, I eventually, I, I end up back down on the, on the sidewalk right in front of our house. And, and it is a, it, an overflow. It looked like a black waterfall coming out. And they are pouring out. And I, I think I, at first, you know, I want to kill them. Um, I don't want to take my shoes off because now they're on the sidewalk. And I, so I, I, run and I run inside and, you know, Christy, Christy we, get, we need flip-flops, hurry. You know, and Christy and I, we stand outside of our new house that we paid money for. And, and we are flip-flops in hand and we are just killing roaches on the side of the house. And, and it, it is a solid, I'm, I'm not exactly, it's a solid 10 minutes of just, just roach after roach after roach. And, and, and then slowly, slowly it stops and you, you get to the end of that and where do you go? I mean, like, I mean, can you go take a nap on the couch inside the house? Do you, and, and so you just kind of like linger for a little bit. 
um, th- that, that, that house was a, was a work in progress, and slowly that foundation problem was fixed, and slowly that roach issue was solved, and slowly that rat issue was solved, and slowly the, all the water issues were solved, and that front porch was solved, and slowly became a, a, a really nice little house. But a- along the way, the whole way, it was ours. It was ours the entire time. My point is this. W- when we take Christ into the inner self, we are his the whole time. The entire time. And perhaps, perhaps, if you're like me, you would say, okay, I've eaten the bread. I've, I've, you know, I've eaten of his flesh. I've drank of the blood. I'm in the family. I understand, I understand Russ. I belong to him. I get it. But to be honest, there, there are a lot of days where I'm just kind of like, where's the, where's the power? Right, because I mean, I, I look over at you know, like you know, super Christian over there, and he's waking up at 5 a.m. because he mentioned it to me. He's waking up at 5 a.m. to pray for an hour and a half. He slid that in in the conversation um, proudly, and so he's waking up at 5 a.m. to pray for an hour and a half for all his friends and fa- I I prayed one time for all my friends and family, like about four and a half minutes, a time to, but he's lasting an hour and a half. I, I don't even, I don't even understand that. I can't even get there. And, or maybe you look over at, you know, super Christian lady and she's teaching her, you know, her BSF and she's teaching her Zumba class also and her crown financial class. She's teaching all of them and she's homeschooling her kids and she irons all her husband's clothes and everything is under control. And you look at that and you're like, I, why am I not any better, right? I mean, like, like I'm not even close to, to, that, to that. Like, why can't I, why can't I be more disciplined? Why, or or why, why am I so disciplined that it hurts people? Why am I still wrapped up in people's approval? Why do I freak out? Why do I freak out when I can't control everything? Why do I buy things to make myself feel better? Why do I still escape into television or food or like just one too many drinks or work? Why do I still withdraw from people and, and put up a wall? Why can't I let people all the way? Why am I, why am I guarded? Right? I mean, it's, 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 all, it's asking the same question. Where is the power to deal with this? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 61. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, about all that allegorical language, this truth about taking him in, they're grumbling about it. Jesus says to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? In verse 63, this is where we're going to camp out this morning. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life, yet there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. So verse 61 says this issue going on with these disciples, and some of them are going to leave. They're grumbling. They kind of like the way of the law more than this new kind of radical way that Jesus is talking about, that he is the bread of life. They're going to go back to that other way. Their eyes are on the law and on their performance, not ready to receive, receive Jesus. And then that verse 63, the, the Spirit gives life. And so, so if the Spirit gives life, how does the Spirit work? Okay, what, 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 is, what does this mean? 
So let, let's think about it this way. Let's go back to that old house and let, let's just say we are the old house and, and we're comfortable in our old house. We're comfortable with our issues. We're comfortable with our past. We're comfortable with maybe some stuff that way in the past. We've sort of worked some things out. We've sort of kind of segmented some stuff off and closed some doors and, and it, is work, it was working. Life's working. We're comfortable. Okay, there's a foundation issue, and maybe that's going to ruin some stuff in the future. But you know what? It's probably going to work out. There's a moisture issue in the basement, and I, you know, I'm not I'm just not paying attention to all the repercussions of that because I don't want to deal with it. And God comes into our lives when we place faith in Christ, and He says, "I'm moving in, and I'm going to be in your kitchen, and I'm going to be in your living room, I'm going to be in your bedroom, your mudroom, laundry room, foyer." I'm going to be in your bathrooms, I'm going to be in your bedroom, I'm going to be in the basement. When you get down to the basement, I'm going to spend a lot of time in that basement. You're not going to like that. I am moving in, and once, once I move in, I don't move out. Your laziness, your apathy, your lust, your greed, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not selling you off. I'm not leaving. I'm moving in, and I'm in. And I'm coming in. And here's what, he's, here's what he does when he moves in. And here's, here's the most powerful thing I will say that will create the most power in your life is that the Spirit is declaring over you what you are not. If you're wondering, where is the power? Where's the power? Why am I not changing? That's the power. The power is, even though you're not changing, He's declaring over you something you are not. So even though you are unrighteous, He's declaring over you, you are righteous because of what Jesus did. You are valued. You are loved. Even though you don't feel loved, I'm declaring over you, you are loved. That's, where the, that's, that's the power. A declaration over you of something you are not. We just stop the sermon there, but I'm going to keep going. Verse 63, it talks about revealing opposing forces. Right? He talks about the spirit, and he talks about the flesh. So he says life is in the spirit. And spirit's not a thing, it's not a wave, it's not a, a ray, it's not an emotion. The spirit is, is a personal pronoun. It's not an it, it's a person. It's the person of God. When Christ resurrects and he ascends to heaven, the Spirit is the presence of God in our life. Now, the flesh is us, our human nature. I want to be clear on this, give a clear definition. The flesh is the earthly nature of man apart from divine influence and therefore prone to sin and opposed to God. It's the old man. It's the old part of us telling us, "Ah, that new guy who moved in, can't really trust him. That whole, like, he's declaring over you something you're not, uh, you really just, you you need to do that on your own, okay? Like, that's a little too good to be true. And I, and I don't even know if he really, really loves you where you're at. I think you really need to get a little bit better before that's coming your way. And, and, and you know how you feel that inner conflict. I think we should, we should handle that some of our own ways. And the flesh, is, the flesh is, is making the same promise the spirit is. They're both promising the same freedoms over here. And the flesh is saying, freedom's over here. You want freedom from that conflict, that inadequacy, you know, that feeling inside of yourself. You need some relief. I, I've got the relief for you. Freedom is over this way. And he's saying, you know what? Just get some more stuff. Get some more money or more power or more control or get a little more beautiful. And then, then you will be relieved. Enjoy this. Just take, take a break. Take a break. Satisfy that lust. It, 
that's what that's what you need. That's where the that that's where your freedom is. This is what the, the flesh is telling us. Or if you're not bent that way, if you're not bent sort of like a rebellious way, he'll just bend you a religious way and say, you know what? Um, you just need to work. You need to get more involved. Let's just put you to work. Like forget this like resting what Christ did for you. Let, let's just put you to work. And, and what, what he's doing, he's, he's just setting you to painting your house over and over and over again. There's a moisture problem in the basement coming up through the floorboards. Your floorboards are cupping, and you don't want to deal with that. And he has you painting your walls over and over again, and that moisture problem down in the cellar is coming up, and your paint peels, and he has you paint your walls again and paint your walls. Just all behavior without ever dealing with the heart. The flesh will never lead you into the heart. And the Spirit always leads you into the heart because the spirit is saying freedom's over here and the spirit is calling you past behaviors okay we got some behavioral sin but the, I, what, why <laughs> what, why is that happening let's we, will you come down here will you, will you come down to the basement with me can we can we look at some of this and at times these are minor battles you know seeing some lie we picked up and we believed about something i don't know and you read the word of God and the spirit illuminates it and, and it begins to speak to you. And you go, man, I, I've been believing this. That's not just not true. I've been resting in something that's not true. And, and, and minor battles. And then there are times when it is, feels like just a wave, wave after wave of exhausting battles. And the spirit's leading you into that. Because the spirit wants to lead you to, to what would be called the sin under the sin so that, so that we can have some freedom. So back in the summer, when we were we were ramping up for services, starting this, and and I, I left a secure job, uh, a nice job at a good place and good, great office, great windows. I talk about my windows a lot. Miss my windows in my office and good play and I left that and a lot of uncertainty and we're about to start and I was stressed out now if you ask me how it was I just told you I was fine because I, I, I'm guarded and I have my own issues so I'm fine but really I'm stressed out and uh, I, I like a straight house like a, like a kind of tidy house not working out for me with a five-year-old and a three-year-old and a baby because basically what that means is they're unstraightening um, while Christy's trying to straighten and that's not in this three against one she's not going to win and then I come in I come in at five o'clock to the house and with me and my issues a a, a, a chaotic, chaotic unstraight house creates more stress in me and so what do I do I don't I don't say Chris, how are you I love you thank you for taking care of our children they're alive that's amazing they're alive at the end of the day and nothing's nothing's horrible's happened that's unbelievable thank you for sacrificing your day I know you had a lot you wanted to do and you didn't get to do any of it I don't do any of that what I do is I come in and see this and I just start straightening just straight at it, no concern for my children, no concern for my wife. I'm not a monster, but I am a jerk, and that's what's playing out. And, and, and one of my mentors just said, why do you do that? And he didn't say you should stop doing that. Why do, why do you do that? I, I think I would have preferred him just to say stop doing that, 
Here's, Russ, here's what you should do. You should stop doing that, right? When you walk in, just set yourself a boundary. You're going to speak to your wife for three minutes and then go hug all your children. It'll take seven and a half minutes and then you can return to all of your neurotic, self-obsessed straightening. Like, no, he just said, Why? what's in you that does that? And, and so the spirit starts to say, hey, uh, can we go here? Will you, will you go somewhere with me? And, and it's places I don't want to go, you know, and visit some wounds I don't want to visit. And, and, and very long history short, um, a, a summary is, is, is growing up. Our family had some things happen that created life out of control. And out of that uh, created this, this idol of comfort that I, I just want things to be easy. And when things aren't easy, I remember when times really weren't easy. And see, out of that idol creates a lot of, can create behaviors of sin. But see, the, the spirit goes, okay, we got a lot of behavioral sin here. You're a jerk. You're selfish. Um, can, can we go, can we get into the heart? Can we go there? Because that, that's how the spirit brings life. And I'm, I'm, I'm not better. I mean, I, I think the Spirit's breathing some life into that and, and a little bit of freedom, you know, beginning there. I mean, Christy would, Christy would testify, he's, he's, not, he's not better. Um, but some new life there. Maybe, maybe you're here and you would say, Russ, none of that childhood crap. And you know what I would say? None of that freedom stuff. Like, not willing to go into, like, wound, lies. Okay, well, then probably none of that freedom stuff. Like, not willing to go into a heart issue, just want to state the behaviors. Well, then probably closing off the spirit to breathe in some new life into some places. When we begin to let go of a way of performance, so we don't have to perform anymore. The Spirit's declaring over us every moment, every day, we are loved, we are righteous, so we don't have to pretend, we don't have to perform, so we can go into some places. We can be imperfect. And we're hearing this declaration, we're loved, we're worthy, we're valued, we're righteous, not by what we do, but what He has done for us. And so we can ask these questions, why am I so driven that it hurts my family? Why am I closed off? Why can't I really believe I'm loved apart from what I do? Why am I impatient? Why, why do I not care about anything? Why is that there? And the Spirit will take us into places, into our hearts, into dead places, into lies. And it, it's scary. Because we don't want to go there. But there's life waiting there. The Spirit will breathe Life. In verse 63, Jesus ties together the Spirit and the Word. These go together. We don't have to pick. We, we, the church doesn't have to pick. Should we be Spirit-driven? Should we, should, we, should we be all about the Spirit and we raise our hands and Holy Spirit to come? Should we be about, oh no, we're, we're going to be about the Word. We're going to exegete passage. We don't have to pick. 
I mean, these go together. The Spirit illuminates the Word of God, and the Word of God teaches us about the Spirit. These come together. And Jesus puts them together. We see in Matthew 4, this is when Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I mean, that'll blow your mind right there. So the Spirit will lead you into the wilderness. And Jesus is led in the wilderness, and he has his fast 40 days. The end of 40 days, he's hungry, right? 40 days of, he's hungry. I mean, we, we, we go like four hours. We're hungry. 40 days, he's hungry. And the devil comes, the liar. That's what devil means, liar. I just like to call him liar. So the liar comes, and liar's working on him. Trying, trying, the liar's trying to get a behavior, but, but to get the behavior, what's he doing? He's, get, he's trying to get at some heart issues. Like, do you really trust your father? Do you really trust God? Do you trust what he said? And, and how does Jesus re- reply? Three different times. We won't go into the three, but three different times. He says the same thing. It is written. Jesus relying back on the word, on what is true. If we want life, want life, we dive into what is true. We want to take it as our, our posture. Our posture should constantly, continuously be this sort of like, okay, God, I need you. I, I, you know, I, it's wide open. I need Holy Spirit. I, I need you. And at the same time, just like, and, and I'm, I'm digging in. I am, I'm in it. I'm, I want to know it. I want to know the story. I want to know the covenants. I want to know what you are like. And I need you, I need you, I, Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, work in me. I need you, I need you, I need you. And I'm digging in, I need the word. I need, but these come together. They come together, they work together for our freedom. So I, I started out, I started out by asking, where's the power? Where, where's the power? And so I want to be very clear, closing down. Uh, the, the power is entrusting the Spirit to be for you what you cannot be on your own. That's where the power is. Meaning he's declaring over you who you are in Christ, wherever you're at. You are strong when you're weak. You are whole even though you are broken. He's declaring you positionally something you are not practically. That is the power. Resting in that. He's in the kitchen. He's in the living room. He's in the bedroom. He's in the bathroom. He's in the mudroom, laundry room. All your, all your rooms, whether you've got five of them or you've got 15 of them. He's in all the rooms and he's in the basement. And he's declaring over you, you are strong. You are whole. You are valued. You are righteous. You are loved. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that though we are not, you were for us. Would you give us the faith to believe more? that it is not what we have done or what we do and we are free from performing, pretending in front of you or in front of somebody else and we are free from comparing to some super Christian who looks like some super Christian, which they're not and that it's, it's you, it's you alone, it's eating of your flesh that you are the living bread of life. Would you increase our faith in that, that we might be able to hear you when you say, hey, can we go, can we go here? Will you come, will you come down here and, and, and look at this? And God, would we trust and would we know that you are calling us to those places not to condemn us, but to heal us and to breathe 
life. For you are a spirit of life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.